Yes, greetings everyone. This is Kabaka Pyramid from Kingston, Jamaica. I, I'm actually in the uh, beginning of making a, a song that's called Stop Touching My Belly, I'm Lactose Intolerant. And when I was, you know, when I was a baby, I was really into just uh, doing weird pictures and I wanted to be an artist when I was a kid. I just want to be able to continue on doing what we're doing and have Metal Church get out there to get to the level where the band deserves to be, where Kurt Vanderhoof deserves to be, and the music that he's written. That, that's what I would like. But all you had to do was be able to make some noise and express yourself, and it was complete freedom, and there were no rules and no expectations. There was simply self-expression. Reach to the stars. Uh, do the best you can. Put all your energy behind. Whatever you partake in life, do the best. Do it 100%. Hi everyone, David here from Project Daybreak, talking about the talents all over the world. Now we have a new guest in front of our mic, but I'll let him introduce himself. Hi everyone, how are you doing? This is Steve Overland from the band FM, and it's great to be on, on the show. Now, um, first of all, of course, um, I think that's a question you often hear. Where did it all begin for you? For me? Oh dear me, a long, long time ago. I mean... I've um, probably been making albums, David, for about 30, 35 years. I, um, if you want to go back that far, how long have we got? We've <laughs> <laughs> got about 20, 20 minutes. So. Yeah, no, I started way back in sort of sort of the late, sort of 79, early 80s, um, as a very young man of, of 17, and I signed to Atlantic Records, um, I was in a band called Wildlife with a guy called Simon Kirk from a band called Bad Company and Free. Um, and I've just gone on doing it ever since. It's, just, it's been my whole life. I've, I've had a great, great career, as I say, with FM and everything I've done. I've done so many different things. And um, here I am again, even now at my age, I'm still having a great time doing it. You know. <laughs> now, um, you, you did a cover of um, one of my favorite uh, songs. I heard it through the grapevine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just listening to it uh, before the interview, so it's uh, always nice to hear that good music is appreciated. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was a massive Tamla Motown fan when I was growing up. I mean, Stevie Wonder and all of the Tamla artists was something I grew up with. I love soul music. And um, so when somebody suggested what it was, how that song came about, we were messing around in a rehearsal room in London, and um, our guitarist at the time came up with this riff, and I just started singing the melody to Heard It to the Grapevine over the top of it. Uh -huh. And um, one of our record company, an A&R man, was, was basically in, in the vicinity. He walked in and he said, you've got to do a version of that song like that. And I mean, I, would, I sort of said, no way, no way am I going near a Marvin Gaye song, you know, because, you know, once... If something like that does a song, it, you can never better it. So I think the great thing about our version of the song is it's so different from the original, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a real honor to do a, a, a song by such a, such a legend. I mean, I, I loved it, you know. That I can imagine, yeah. It's one of my favorites, honestly. <laughs> oh, it's one of the best songs of all time. So you have great taste, you really do, you know. <laughs> you know, um, the taste depends, of course, um, and you guys are also coming to a, a metal festival. We are. Um, 
Do, yeah, do, do you notice uh, any any difference uh, in, 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 let's say, not types of people, because that's too discriminating, but um, types of, of uh, genres, you know, types of music? Because uh, there's a long distance between I Heard It To The Grapevine and uh, a metal. Song. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the great thing with FM, I mean, we have such a, a big back catalogue, David. We can basically tone the set to whatever we play. I mean, we've done Download, the massive festival in the UK. Mm -hmm. We've done heavier festivals all over the world. And um, all we do is tailor the set and change the set, go for the slightly heavier side of, of <laughs> FM, you know. And then, obviously, if we play some, another festival that's slightly lighter, we do the same for that. So, I mean, we just like playing. So if we get offered a festival, we'll look at who's on the bill and we'll just say, look, if we play this set... It will be fine. And um, the year we, we've done download twice now, and they were both quite heavy bills, you know, heavy mm -hmm. bands on the bill. And um, we had some great, we had a couple of great shows. And I mean, we've done a few heavy sort of bills around the world, and it's been amazing. So we just changed the set slightly, you know. So, so you grew your hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't quite do that. No, no, no. <laughs> now, do you still remember the very first record, uh, vinyl cassette you ever bought? Um, oh, blimey, do you know what? I think the first vinyl album I bought was from a band called Humble Pie. Do you remember Humble Pie with Steve Marriott and from the Small Faces? It would have been an album called Rockin' the Fillmore. It was a live album, and um, my brother, who was the original guitar player in FM many years ago for the first two albums, mm -hmm. was a massive fan. I was a young lad, and I, I went into his bedroom and stole the album. <laughs> And then um, he stole it back, so I got the money off of my parents to go and buy my own copy, you know. <laughs> But um, that would have been one of the first albums that I ever got into, really, musically, you know. And um, then it just went on from there. I got into lots of different genres of music with... I loved Free as a band. I loved loads of Tamla stuff. And Stevie Wonder was a massive influence as a singer to me um, because I think he's just the greatest, you know. And um, so... Yeah, that would have been the first one. Even though it wasn't my record, that was the one that got me into music, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Now, um, name something you're bad at but love to do. So, oh, there's so <laughs> many things. I'm bad at so many things, David. That I love messing around with cars, but I'm really bad at it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll mess around with a car, and then I normally have to take it to a proper mechanic <laughs> to sort out the problem that I've caused, you know. Yeah, But I just love... Cars. I'm really, I love cars. And um, What's your so, favorite car? Uh, my favorite car is an Aston Martin. DB5. DB5 Aston Martin. The James Bond version. That's, that's the one, like the yeah. silver one, yeah. And um, I've, I've, my, my father was a car dealer when he was alive, and he dealt in quite high-end cars. And So I grew up with, with vintage cars like Jaguars and Aston Martins and Jensen's. So my passion started very young for them. You know, I just got to make enough money to afford an Aston Martin DB5, you know. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps with uh, FM, you never know. Well, I've got my fingers crossed, you know. <laughs> perhaps someone's donating you one. Well, that would be nice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a tour fan, no? Uh, that would be great. I'll put the word out. I'll put it on the website, you know. <laughs> Now, uh, what would you like people to remember you by after a performance? Um, hopefully, the main thing with me, I mean, um, I think music's entertainment. I mean, we're not, I'm not about 
get my political views across or anything like that. So I hope when people have been to see an FM show, and I think that's the way it is with FM, they go away feeling they've had a great time. And that, that's the important thing to me. They've had a bit of escapism for one night, and they've just thoroughly enjoyed themselves and had a really good time. Because um, music's entertainment, and um, when we do a show, we involve the audience a lot in the show, and we, we hope we, we send people away happy. You know, that's the main thing for me after a show. Now, um, you guys started in 85. We did, yeah. Um, a good year. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. The year I was born, so... <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> so that's a very good year, you You're know. You're making me feel old now, <laughs> Now, um, do you notice, a, a, like, a change in, in the music business uh, from that moment up to now? Oh, very much so, yeah. I mean, it's um, a completely different world out there now. Um, in those days... You made your records and then you had to tour the world to get to all the fans and to show them what you were doing. Now, at the touch of a button, they've got access to everything you do. So they know everything that you're planning for the next year. You can just get it to the world. And in a lot of ways, I prefer the way it is now, but there's still certain things I miss. The fact that now people download music instead of wanting to possess a record, a hard copy of a record, which was how I grew up. It was a real passion of mine. If there was a band released a new album, I couldn't wait to get down the record shop and buy it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and own it, and own it. It was something that was very important. I used to read all the sleeve notes, see who produced it, and I wanted all that information to know how the record was made. And that side of the music industry is now a thing of the past, I think, you know, um... So, for me, I miss that side of it. Even though we approach making records exactly the same, we still spend a lot of time on the sleeve, even though a lot of people never actually see the sleeve because they just download the record anyway. But um, for us, it's still important for the people that do want to buy a proper CD. We've just released our new album on vinyl, which was fantastic, to receive a vinyl copy of an album again. <laughs> but you yeah. know that there's an upcoming trend. Um, I don't know if it's uh, over there in the UK too. But no, it is. It is very much so. Yeah, yeah. because uh, vinyl is, is up to uh, their reopening vinyl stores. Can you imagine? <laughs> How great is that, though? I mean, I don't know. I know you're, you're much younger than me, but I mean, about I think I think albums are fantastic. You've got all the extra space to put pictures on of the band and people get a lot more for them yeah. on it. But I, you know, um, that sounds perhaps uh, strange because, uh, you know, I was born in 85. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think it's about three or four years ago um, I bought my first vi vinyl record on, you know, those second-hand uh, yeah. little markets. Oh, great. Um, so it was uh, Neil Diamond, Hot, oh, Hot August good, Night. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have a, a, a player, you know. For playing it, so no, that no. one I bought afterwards. But I saw the record and was like, okay, I have to have this one. Um, and then I started to collect vinyls. On, on oh, that's great! <laughs> I mean, I think it's important. You see, I think you know now they're bringing it back, and um, we did a limited run on the vinyl of the new record, and we so many fans. We did a gig out in Italy, and it was just it sold out so quickly the vinyl run, and. Um, Everybody loved it because it, it's a possession, isn't it? You know. Yeah, it's, it's an album, um, the, the you know. cover art, um, and I love those cover arts from the seventies. You know, they're they're quite challenging. Um, you know, nowadays you see nude all over TV and things like that. But yeah. if you had a girl in bikini on the cover of your vinyl, 
Yeah. You were doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, what's the favorite part of your daily routine? My daily routine is so different from day to day because at the moment, <laughs> at the moment, I'm at home. So I live in the English countryside in a county called Cheshire. So I live on a on a farm in some cottages on a farm. So at the moment, my daily routine is walking the dog, and it's great. But by the weekend, I'll be back in London, and it gets mad again. You know, <laughs> I'll be back in the studio. I'm doing a writing day tomorrow. I'm working on another album outside of FM. Um, so tomorrow I have two songs to knock into shape for recording next week. So my relaxation time stops as from tomorrow morning, <laughs> you know, but my daily routine, I, I love being at home because I'm away for so much of my life. I have been for so much of my life. So, um, when I come back, I like the fact that I can just be with the family and, and just enjoy my home life. But I also love. The, the kind of buzz of being out on the road and and all of those things. So because it's so different, I don't really have a certain thing that's my favourite part because each day is different in my life, you know. No. So, um, but I like all of it. I like each aspect to what what I do from on a daily basis, you know. Now, just to be curious, uh, what type of dog? I've got a pug. A pug, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ugly, beautiful dog. You yeah, know? I, I know them. I, I had uh, a pug before. <laughs> They're fantastic. The temperament is amazing, you know, and um, I miss him when I'm away. You know, he's like my baby when I come home. But as yeah. I can imagine, we, we also have a dog here um, who is sitting in, in the couch at the moment looking at me. <laughs> and... Brilliant. There's nothing <laughs> like them. It's, um, I mean, I've got three boys, two, three children, but it's, 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 a, it's an un... Unconditional love from a dog, isn't it? They just love you, you know. That's, that's the fact. Yeah. No, they're fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's the most uncomfortable question you've ever been asked by a stranger? God, blimey. I've been asked <laughs> a lot of uncomfortable questions. These are great <laughs> questions, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I was asked once, you know, whether it was in a good way or a bad way, when are you thinking of retiring, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know whether he meant I should retire. Because it's so bad, or whether he, he was, you know, saying to me, you must carry on. So I didn't really know how to answer it, really. You know, I didn't quite know what he meant by it. But um, that was one of the most uncomfortable ones, you know. <laughs> Now, um, if you could be any cartoon character, who would you be? Oh, cartoon character. Oh. And we can even count in the Marvel. So if you would like to be Spider-Man, just go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd like to be Superman. Superman, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of pluses being Superman, isn't there? You know. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> and, and just for the the fans, do you get Jane in the end, or? Sorry, do I get Jane? Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, no question. No questions know. asked. <laughs> With the super dog. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> He'd look great in one of those outfits, the yeah. tights and the, the leotard, you know. <laughs> Now, um, I can imagine you guys have seen a, a lot of venues all over the world, festivals, um, exclusive locations. Yeah. Is there one that is the ultimate dream, perhaps never done before? I, I can imagine uh, playing a concert in the Grand Canyon, for example. Yeah, something like that would be fantastic. I mean, I've been very fortunate, David. I've done some fantastic venues. And I mean, a lot of my goals that I had 
growing up as a as a young musician, I've actually managed, fortunately, to achieve. I mean, I always wanted to play the Hammersmith Odeon. It's a it's a it's like a legendary venue in the UK. Every every band from the Who to Deep Purple to Stevie Wonder to everybody have played this gig, and I used to play in a a little tiny English pub across the road called the Swan. When I was very young, and I went to London for the first time. I was in a, in a sort of a band playing this little pub. And I used to see all of the people coming out of the house for that, and think one day I'd love to play there. And fortunately, FM have played there probably about nine times now. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that was a big one for me. I've played Wembley. You know, Wembley. Wembley I mean, Arena, and yeah. I've played there. A good Queen uh, concert. That's it, you know, and I've, I've really, I've been very fortunate. There is a, there's a gig that I always wanted to do a festival called the Lorelei Festival. Um, and for years we, we didn't, we did it once many years ago with Santana. Um, and FM have done it twice since, and it's in a, an amphitheater on the Rhine. It's just the most fantastic setting ever. So, I really have been very lucky to 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 be able to play a lot of the the, the places I've wanted to play in my career, but there'll still be many more of, that, that that I'm sure I'm going to play that that I just go wow this is the best place I've ever been to, <laughs> and, and I'm just look I, I just love travelling and, and going to these different places because everywhere you play is a surprise. It's they're all every gig's different, you know, and um, so I'm sure I've still got a long way to go to discovering some great places on the road. Now, if you could bring one person, an artist, back to life, who would it be? Oh, let me have a think. I'd, I was a ma- probably John Lennon, to be honest, David, because I was a massive Beatles fan too, you know. And yeah. um, I just think, you know, it'd be it would be great to see where they would have gone had they have carried on with a change in face of music when they stopped. So they weren't really around for that long. The Beatles. People think they were, but they weren't. You know, yeah. um, make love, not war. Exactly, exactly. So I would say John Lennon, you know, because I think McCart- Lennon McCartney together was such an immense talent as writers and um, songwriting's my thing. And um, you know, I would have loved. I'd, I'd, I would say John Lennon definitely. You know. Now, of course, um, you, like I mentioned before, you guys are coming to Grass Pop here in Belgium. Yeah. What are yeah. the expectations? Well, we've done it before. And we had a great gig, fantastic gig. Um, so I, my expectations are I think we'll have a great time. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We've just done a British headline tour, and now all of the festivals are starting for us. We're doing one in Switzerland the day before, and all the festivals across Europe. It's going to be great fun. And um, so I look forward to all of them. And um, Grass Pop, the last time we played, it was such a great gig for us. So... I'm just excited about it all. I just want to get out there and promote the record, and I'm really looking forward to the summer. You know. Any favorite Belgian beer? I like all Belgian beers. Actually, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big, I'm a big lager fan. You see, and uh-huh. um, you know, to be honest with you, in Belgium, you you can't really beat the the light beer in Belgium. It's the best lagers, the best. You know. <laughs> that all Belgians like to hear, of course. Well, no, I'm not. I'm telling the truth. You know, I like my beer, but you know, if you're a lager drinker, Belgian lagers are just fantastic. You know. Now, um, so, so I will be sampling quite a few of them when I'm out there. You know. <laughs> and uh, if you meet, if you see there, we'll buy you one. So that's uh, that's fantastic. Thank you. I'll <laughs> I'll take you up on that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I don't mind Belgian beers neither. So. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> 
What else can we expect in uh, 2015 from you guys, apart from uh, the touring, of course? Well, we've got a lot, lots of stuff planned. I mean, there's a, there's a big European tour being planned for the end of the year, where we're going to cover everywhere, because the thing with FM, David, is we, we kind of, um, we went away for 10 years, we had a break, mm-hmm. you know. We've come back, we're now, we've managed somehow, which is fantastic, to get to the same level we were before. And um, so there's a lot of places that we haven't been back to since we got back together, you know. Um, we went to Spain. We've been to Spain a couple of times now. We had no idea how big we were in Spain. We, we, you know, we went to Italy for the first time this year, and we walked out on the stage, and there were people just chanting the name. We couldn't actually start playing the show, and we had no idea we had that many fans in Italy. And it's just everywhere we're going now this time around is a voyage of discovery. It's 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 opening our eyes to the fact that we didn't realise that we actually got to all these people all over the world, and um, so. Lots of shows everywhere for the rest of the year. That's that's what we're going to be doing, you know. Okay, that sounds incredible. And if you guys pass by uh, Belgium, we'll see it, uh, of course, on on the the records. So we Fantastic. can you can check out your Facebook page. Uh, like we invite, of course, every listener yeah. to go like your Facebook pages and Twitter and wherever you guys are are, are present. Now, um, one last question before sure. we close up this interview. Uh, what's the top three of your bucket list? Top three albums. Um, top three personal facts. Um, I would like to go... Oh, top three straight. personal facts, yeah? yeah. So on, on your bucket list. So ten All right, to well, do. I'm going to have to say my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a, a, a Fender Strat that was bought for me by my father when I was 14 years old. Um and I've kept it. I did the first two FM records with it. I don't play it anymore. It's now 40-some-odd years. It sits behind, sits in a cupboard in my house. It's my... I've got lots of guitars, David, but this particular guitar for me is very special, you know. Mm-hmm. The first proper guitar that I ever had, and my father bought it for me. And um, I would also have to say it's, it's hard because, you know, for me, the most important thing to me is my family, really. Because, you know, I know it's not a bucket list thing, but I, possessions for me, I mean, I have a lovely house, I'm a nice car, but it's for me, it's my family, my dog, and this particular guitar, <laughs> um, the three things that are the most important thing to me in my life. That's you know? the most important things in everyone's life, if they realise it. <laughs> I think it should be, I think it should be, yeah, yeah. Now, of course, thanks for making time for this interview. Thank you very much, thank we you. We wish you the luck on, on the new album, of course. Great. And uh, have a good time in, in at Grass Pop. And if you see you, I'll buy you a beer. You bought me one of those Belgian beers, yeah? yeah? A, a good one, a good it. one. No Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to it, David. Thanks very much. Okay. Thank you. Until next time. All right. Bye-bye. 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 Bye.